Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with Riley Repin GWS, aka Groundwork Sessions from Whitehorse Canada. One of my current favorite b-boys from Canada, Riley just has that essence of what a b-boy is in my opinion. Someone who truly goes off and lets go when he dances while still having a refined sense of technique and foundation. We talk about his time learning in Whitehorse, which is a relatively isolated city in Canada, and learning from some of the best in the world, including Wicked, Kid David, and Rox Wright of the Renegade Rockers. His time in Arizona being mentored by Why Not of the Rocksteady crew. The event Cypher for Change and what it did for the Canadian breaking scene and more. Much love to Riley for keeping me inspired personally and building community and being part of uniting an often very separated Canadian scene. Hope you all enjoy the talk. Peace. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're here with Riley Coyote, a.k.a. Wait, that's not your real name. Your real name is Riley, a.k.a. Riley Coyote, a.k.a. Easy, a.k.a. Lady with a Plastic Bag or something like that. <laughs> plastic bag lady plastic bag lady yeah you gotta explain that one in a bit but uh yeah member of gws groundwork sessions girls with skirts uh you got a, a whole bunch of different there's too many it's too many yeah that's part of the creative creative process uh, based out of whitehorse yukon that's right baby um yeah happy to have you here and have you like chat with you a little bit about your personal history and just some of the stuff that's going on in the con and what you guys are doing up there I think is really useful stuff for people to know um, maybe just as a starter if you want to give like people a, a bit of a background on you and how you started and maybe how GWS came about and that kind of thing oh, and maybe some of the other members and stuff like that but wherever you want to take it that's hard to do a quick little thing. <laughs> um, all the time in the world. True. Okay, let's see. Why don't you just start with yourself, like how you got into it? Okay, fucking. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, I feel you. I feel like I feel like my my like entry into the breaking, like scene or whatever, or like into the breaking world. Is, so different <laughs> yeah. personally just because i was like so okay so my mom's my mom's is a she was a dance teacher back in the day now she like then she ended up building a studio she ended up and then it turned to like this community center which is like some next level shit we can get into that later yeah, we'll anyway later. um but she she would like run dance classes and then any any dance class this is when i was like probably like young like four or five or whatever I don't even remember it but she would any class that had like a another like it would be a bunch of little girls in like a ballet class or whatever mm-hmm. or like a little dance class and then there'd be one boy and she would always just like throw me in the class just to make the other boy like feel comfortable or whatever <laughs> so there's like 
there's like five years of that probably. <laughs> just like getting forced to do these dance classes uh-huh. and then and then I got older and then I don't know I don't remember how it started she started just like like a once a week breaking class and the teacher fucking Jesse Fairburn I don't think you ever met him Jesse but anyway he was like this dude in town who knew how to do windmills so she like she hired him and he just taught this class once a week and then yeah, just doing that once a week thing forever and then I remember meeting Ben and Al at soccer through soccer Ben and Al are are other members of GWS yeah so the Robinson twins. twins the Robinson twins yeah. uh and Nick <laughs> anyways I remember meeting Ben and Al through soccer and then they came over to my birthday party or something and then it was just one of those things where we just clicked and then they started breaking and then Nick started breaking and then so it was like us and like their homies and then we started like breaking more and more and more yeah and then it was actually okay so Jesse's and then our name and like we got our name in 2004 somewhere in 2004 when uh we were like we were like breaking together for a while, so we had to start a crew. We started like watching Battle of the Year videos, and like everyone had a crew, so we're like, okay, let's let's give ourselves a name or whatever. So we spent however long like trying to figure out a name, and we probably ran through like a bunch of random like cheesy ass names or whatever. But <laughs> and then Jesse's brother, I just I don't remember. All I remember is like I don't ever remember remember his brother being around. I just remember knowing that he was always like drunk or whatever just like I just remember being like I don't know just like I don't know one of those dudes and then he coined he just like came up with a groundwork session right and then yeah we just like and then that was the name for whatever however long and then Jordan we met Jordan I don't remember how I met Jordan No, it's okay. <laughs> I think it was probably through like playing basketball or something. Okay. I think no, okay, no, Nick, Nick brought him in. Nick oh, like yeah. saw him like trying to do head spins or something, and then he just like brought him into practice, and then the same kind of thing just like clicked right away. He was anyways okay. So experimenting, like with breaking. So yeah, I think Nick like yeah, I think Nick went to, Nick went to a boxing class, oh. and the dude running the boxing class was Jordan's uncle. Right. He's like a Golden Glove winner. He's like this epic boxer. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, I guess Jordan, oh no, Jordan ran up to him and was like, yo, I can do head spin or watch this or some shit. <laughs> and then Nick just like brought him to one of our practices and then we just, same kind of thing, just clicked. Right. And then, yeah, I guess so that's, that's the crew. I guess that's how, that's like the starting of. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All this. Um, yeah, for, for anyone that doesn't really know, like White Horse is Northern Canada, so like Canada is, as we all know, like most of the most of the people live near the border in the south. And there's like, as you get more and more north, there's less and less people. And Whitehorse is pretty north, so to to have a crew like develop there, and then for you guys to get as good as you guys are, is something pretty special, I think. Like respect. Yeah, Did that that had a lot to do with your mom, right? Yeah, yo, honestly, as I get older and like I'm seeing how things work, or whatever, and how organizations work, and how just like people's like watching people's moves over the years, mm-hmm. 
I'm like, my mom is a fucking genius. <laughs> like she, yeah. she orchestrated this whole shit. And yeah. Like, like, yeah, no, she did. So yeah, so she did. She was the one who like, she was the one who really like probably kept us together like young. And then she brought in, so she was, okay, so here we go. So he, so she, in 2005, she like Googled online breakdancing instructors or some shit mm-hmm. in Canada. And then she, the first person, the first like website to pop up was Roche's website. You know, Roche? I heard of this guy, but I've never. Roche Anamendra, yeah. legend, B-boy, Proton. <laughs> <laughs> Proton, that was his name. Anyways, he's like this, he's this ex like Olympic gymnast. Right. And he's just a fucking he's just a G. He's just dope. Anyways, he like had a website for his crew, abstract braking system. Mm-hmm. And then my mom had just reached out to them, was like, yo, do you want to come up to Yukon and teach for a couple weeks? And then I don't know, they probably they know the story better than me, but they ended up coming up. And it was the for the first people who came up and like that okay, so that was like the first time we actually learned like breaking from actual people. Mm-hmm. So that would have been Mariano from fucking, he was in Bag of Tricks. Yeah, yeah. Glizzy. Glizzy. Fucking Glizzy. Glizzy. Dude, that guy fucking used to make me cry so much. <laughs> Why? I just remember him like throwing like, oh, this is fucked up. It's not because we were having like water balloon fights with condoms, I remember. <laughs> but I remember just like him just like fucking me up with water balloons and just crying. <laughs> but he was like, Actually, actually, like when I look back at it, he's like he was one of the first B boys, like real, like real fucking someone who actually really knew the foundation mm-hmm. and was able to like convey like the whole B boy mentality, like, the whole like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was like just one of those dudes who's like you know, you know, Bag of Tricks is like for anyone who doesn't know, Bag of Tricks is one of the most yeah. legendary Canadian breaking crews, but also even like worldwide uh they've been around since like i think the 80s or the early 90s or something like that for a long time and they've influenced a lot of people worldwide and all this stuff so to have one of them as your instructor was pretty cool yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah and i think that was one of the cool things that what your mom was doing was like you know for people who live in kind of isolated, more isolated areas, it can be hard to to learn these things or maybe like pre-internet blowing up, like it was kind of hard to learn from credible sources or, or just knowledgeable sources. And so mm-hmm. your mom like, yeah. I remember hearing about her from dancers in Vancouver and like they started getting flown up there to mm-hmm. teach like, up in Whitehorse, and I was like, oh, that's so random. Like, what's going on up there? Yeah. Kim and Jameson, I think 10 came up there to teach house or something like Dude, that. Dude, 10, 10. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I got so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Back in Japan. Um, but yeah, that was like a cool, really cool thing that, that she was doing for the, the community out there. And like, she's, I don't know what it's like now, if it's still going strong or not, but it like, she was really helping to build this like real community up there it's pretty crazy mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's like it's full force right now dude there's so much shit going on yeah still going strong it's crazy. Yeah. yeah um so yeah uh i think maybe you can you can talk a bit about this and then relate it to 
what you guys are doing now, but like, I think a big moment for a lot of people learning about um, Whitehorse was like the Cypher for Change stuff, Cypherfest, those mm. kind of things. Like, maybe can you speak a little bit about that and, and what that was like for Yukon as a community or you personally or your crew or, or just even like Canada wide? To me, it was a really big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that was like, I think the first year was 2009. Mm -hmm. And that's just another one of my mom's <laughs> master plans type shit. Her, okay. So back, back then, it would have been her and Ben organizing it. So yeah. Ben was like, he would have been like in grade 11 or 12 or something. Yeah. And he was like writing all these grants and like getting all this money with my mom mm -hmm. to put on this event. And the event, the idea of the event was to bring like, like get every, just like, cause the Whitehurst is so far. Mm -hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, there's like, <laughs> there's, we're in the Yukon so, and there's more bears. There's more bears than people up here. <laughs> so we're like in, we're like in the middle of nowhere, like not, not as like middle of nowhere as Nunavut, but like we're we're like in the middle of nowhere, and she the whole idea was just like it's hard to it costs like it costs like twelve hundred dollars or like fifteen hundred dollars sometimes for a round trip from like Toronto to Whitehorse, so it's like expensive to get up here, right? So the whole idea was to like get all this money and fly up a bunch of people from all over Canada to come to the Yukon for this event, which was back then it was called Cipher for Change. And uh, yeah, they did it. Ben and my mom got all this fucking money and they flew all these people up. And that was just, that was just like one of those. So, so us, so me and the, me, so us, me and us and us and me, the crew, <laughs> we were, uh, that was, okay. So the first couple, those first three of those first three years, back to back to back, were just like some eye opening shit. Cause that was the first time we got to really meet other people like other people and like yeah. have like like a like a whole weekend or like a whole week to actually connect with like all these people from across Canada who are also breaking you know yeah like you guys used to do some small trips to jams like in Vancouver and Toronto too right yeah actually I think I remember like your mom is so crazy that she made a connection with I think it was Kim in Vancouver who was Kind of involved in just the general dance scene and like she gave her money to throw a jam in vancouver i think oh for us for basically for you guys yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah, it, yeah, you know it's, it's a jam for the vancouver community but really secretly it was to give you guys <laughs> so a big a bigger jam to go to and that that was outside of whitehorse in a bigger scene yeah. like that's crazy <laughs> so yeah. sneaky like that's how we had no and we had no idea we had no idea. i mean i mean i guess we did back back then like i don't i don't remember being like okay we're fixing on this jam for us i just remember going to a jam and that was probably that was the first jam that was the first actual jam we went to yeah yeah and i remember that too like um you know because that was when i was like really really active too and you know i knew everyone in the scene and and then suddenly there was like these I forget how many you came. I think it was four of you. It's like you, Ben, Al, Nick, maybe. It would have been jo Jordan was there too. 
Oh, and gin. Holy fuck. Actually, I think you, guys, you guys entered like two crews. Yeah, we had two crews. The three on three. So yeah. yeah, I remember seeing these two like like groundwork session. Who the hell are these guys? I've never <laughs> even heard of them. And then seeing you guys, I'm like, I think you guys all had these little like little afros, kind of like. Dude. Yeah, because you guys but got like this, all but like out here, girls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of you had them. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I just remember thinking, like, what? Who are these guys? Where did they come from? Because you guys were actually really good for like how long you guys had been breaking, and like it was just a huge surprise to I think a lot of people. Like, where are these guys from? Who are they? They're from Whitehorse. What the hell? Why are they here? Like, what's going on? Mm. And then after that, it just kept going and going and going. Like, yeah, man, that jam, Floorstorm, Floorstorm fucked us up. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember, I just remember, yeah, I just remember that being the first like experience. Yeah, I remember that being the first like jam experience. Yeah, it was just like um, the illest. Yeah. Well, that must have been a crazy feeling too. Like the first, that was like your first real jam, but also like to go to one where it was like a bigger one in a bigger scene. And yeah, that would be maybe the equivalent a of, in a studio, right? That maybe be the equivalent of me going to like Outbreak or something like that. Yeah. Cause I'm used to Vancouver. I'm used to these like kind of semi big or whatever. We just have, we had local jams and stuff. And some of them mm. were great, some of them were small. But you go to Outbreak, like the first time I went to Outbreak, that was something else. Like, I was like, oh, this is what it's like. Mm. Oh, okay. I, now I kind of opened my eyes, right? I'm sure. Where was it? Where was, was that like that? It was in Orlando. Florida. Yeah. yeah. Down in Florida. That was a crazy jam. That's back um, when, that's back when that jam was like crazy, right? Yeah. It was like still coming up and not coming up, like. It was the jam to go to, I think, in the world. What year? What year was that? that what year did you yeah. go to? Like, geez, a long time ago now. Seven or eight years ago, something like that. But we went, we went like th three times. I went three times, two yeah. times, three times. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good jam. And then I went to the one in Europe also. That one was for free. <laughs> really? <laughs> I won the Mass Monkey Day jam. So oh, that was okay. But anyway. I remember being at the Mass Monkey Day. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, let's keep going. Let's go back mm. to, um, back up to Whitehorse for Cypher for Change. Like, you mentioned a little bit about, yeah, it was like the first time that you had seen all these different people from, all over Canada like was that that was part of the goal right to bring all these different like youths I guess because it was a youth yeah. jam, right it was a youth jam <laughs> it was like an excuse to get the illest whoever the illest in Canada was up here so we could like battle them basically right yes. again it was like she's basically doing this for you guys <laughs> that's so Dude, she's yeah I think um, I don't I don't know if I was there for the first one, but I think I was there pretty early on. So like they brought us up, they brought I think NON up, like uh, Tricky and Jamie. Dude, honestly, those those first three yeah. years are all mashed up. I, I, I yeah, but it was like what happened when 
one year, maybe it was the next year after that, there was one year where it was like people from Vancouver, Calgary, Toronto, Halifax. There was like a couple people from even Nunavut. None of, none of I don't know. How yeah. To, Nunavut. Okay, so that would have been. I think that was the that second. Would have been that would have been 2011. That would have been 2011. So maybe I remember yeah. that year. That's the year we won. That's that's the year we fucking. Yeah, yeah. We battled. A... You and Ray and you and Ray and Mark battled. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Together. Um. But yeah, that was like the first time I had ever really. The only other time I had experienced something like that was when we went to this thing in, in Ottawa, like Canadian Dance Festival. And we, we put on a show there and there were some people, we were like the West Coast representatives, but there was mm -hmm. people from, that's where we met Fam and, and those guys. And mm -hmm. like uh, some of the Montreal people too, Fresh Format and whoever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, other than that was like a couple days, but these Cypher for Change things were like, I think we went up, like I went up like three times or something like that. And every time mm -hmm. like people from all over coming to this random place where there's more bears than people. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, that was, those are like the golden years. Cause that's, we got like, it was like those three, it was, it was three or four years back to back where we got a bunch, like too much money, like a bunch of money. Yeah. Right? And you guys even started bringing people from like the U S too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like for me, that's the crazy part for you guys is like you guys learned from some of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. So like, like just list, like, and this I don't want this to be like a, a boastful kind of thing. Like it's not. I just want people to know like who the people are that you learned from, like personally, that taught you for weeks sometimes months like some people did like resident kind of uh residencies or whatever you want to call it like they were up in whitehorse for like months at a time mm -hmm. so like some who are the, some of the people that that you've learned from over the years yeah okay um well first was fucking roche glizza and, and and troy yeah whiplash Those, i remember whiplash i remember like there was there's probably like five years straight of tr me i just tried to dress like him <laughs> i just like thought he was the coolest dude ever <laughs> still do like that's hilarious <laughs> but i just remember like i would he would always we would, we would call it christmas because he would like he would give us all his old clothes there'd be like there's a bunch of times where he'd just like give us garbage bags with his old clothes <laughs> so i remember just always trying to dress like him anyway so those those are like the first three uh -huh. And then, and then we met Jesse, mm -hmm. Ooh, like Jess, Jazzy Jester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that guy opened your mind to all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Another guy I want to get on here and have a chat with. Yeah, that's Lance. a good one. Lance would be a great one. <laughs> he actually, he so, came out of the White Horse too. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we got everyone. I feel like we got a huge chunk of like, I feel like we got the illest in in Canada at that time, probably, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so those three, Jesse, and then and then when we started bringing people out from the States, it was like oh we met Wick. We met Wicket at yeah. this jam in Vancouver. And then 
he was like that was probably at that first jam yeah, that I was probably that might have been uh, that or no, like he wasn't at that jam trouble or something like that yeah something but anyways we we met up with wick and then we just i just remember like we just we had a workshop with them so my mom probably dude my mom is like she's like the she's the puppeteer yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's like i remember doing a workshop with them and then we ended up like he just threw us a work a private workshop and then we ended up just kicking it that whole night and then he's like yo you guys got to meet my crew it was like one of those like like you just the same thing it's the like, same thing with like jordan coming in or like yeah, yeah the yeah. crew it's just like same mentality and everything so it's like he's like you guys got to beat my crew <laughs> so then that's when we started flying up like the renegades probably so yeah. then first okay so like i'd say personally i'd say like the first influences after jesse would have been miles miles and david for sure like one million percent milestone and yeah, I, david, right yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember think I just remember when I met those two dudes, I just remember being like, you guys are the coolest motherfuckers ever. <laughs> Cause they were like, they were like, like we're we never had a like we were we grew up dancing, right? Yeah. In a in Whitehorse. Like it's totally like everyone here's got big trucks and like, you know, it's like it's so different. Yeah. But we were like such a tight squad that we didn't give a fuck ever. We just like we thought we always thought it was the illest shit ever. But then seeing those guys who were older and who are still like who were just like at that point they were like prime like they're like yeah list, you know yeah, yeah. so i just remember so like miles and david i remember like being like and then i was i remember like even like years after that still today like david like watching david's moves like how he navigates everything is super inspiring yeah and just like totally how it's like it's very it's like it's another dude I look up to still to this day. Anyways, yeah. But so there's those dudes, and then I remember meeting like Iron Monkey, and then oh, the whole shit. other. We went down for like we went down for like a little tour through the states. Mm -hmm. Like got a we saved up a bunch of money and then went through just did a big like road trip basically. Yeah. And then we I remember we met like the whole crew because we did like a photo shoot, and then that was the first time I met Iron Monkey. Yeah. That dude's nasty. Yeah. That dude's just dope. I mean, anyways, all the Renegades. So basically, like the Renegades was after that. And then, and then, like the skill methods guys, rocks came up. Oh, he no, he's renegade. <laughs> but then we started getting like the skill, the skill methods guys, like Luigi and Flea. We got Beast Mode up here. Anyways, but those, so that's the. I'm. I remember thinking like the renegades and skill methods were the ones who like taught us a bunch of stuff for like a couple years. Yeah. Then the, we got a couple of them to come up for like. They taught us, yeah. Okay, so then there's that one year, they we got more money for like to hire different a different teacher, for like the breaking program, mm -hmm. at my mom's studio for a different teacher to come in every month, mm -hmm. and then that's when David came up, and then Rox came up, and then Wick came up. We just had a bunch of people come up, so it was like a, every month there was a different instructor. And so then basically like the whole month, right? Yeah, they were living at my mom's house, <laughs> and I was living there too. <laughs> yeah that's crazy um yeah so that's yeah that's i feel like that's like and during our, during those times our was foundation it, was during that time was it like um how often were classes during that month that was i mean classes like 24 7 when you're living oh, yeah, with yeah people, that's true <laughs> you know? 
but I forget what it was. It was probably a couple times a week. I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, just like, be, it's just like, it's like you get a month to kick it with these people. Yeah. And like, I just remember going skating with David. We would like go, we would bring him to like the skate park yeah. or like whatever, learning like, <laughs> just hilarious. I don't know, just classic shit. Yeah. And like, there's, there's not like, Whitehorse is like a small place, right? So you got to kind of create your own fun too, right? <laughs> yeah 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 and like oh, for sure. maybe they you know they can't just go out and be like all right i'm just gonna go to like i don't know this i don't know local social spot or something like that so it's just kind of who you know or whatever and you just make up your own your own adventures kind of thing so you yeah, probably man, really want to like hang out with them right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean i was still yeah, yeah. There's like, like we're living in the same house. <laughs> There's always we're like, yeah, living crazy, whatever day to day type shit. This is kind of moving away from Cypherfest, but like you and Jordan, you guys applied for like personal development grants, is it? Yeah, and you guys went down to learn directly from Why Not, right? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> um, can you? Can you speak a little bit about like, yeah, that experience and then maybe just more broadly about like just having these people mentor you and stuff like that. Maybe what do you think about, is, is it important to have that or how do you find your own way through all these different influences and all these people telling you maybe how to dance and whatever? Like, I def okay. I definitely feel like, even just in life, you need, you need like mentors or like people to go to, like older people who have kind of already been through it, right? Mm -hmm. Even like, like aside from breaking. <clears throat> and my parents, both my, both my parents have always been like that. Like, you know, I can always, I can go to each one for different, like very different things, but I can go to each, each of them for right. like, if I have questions, like my relationship with both my parents is like really good still. Like, I'm in, like, it's COVID, I'm in lockdown, but they live, like, five blocks that way, you know? Yeah. Um, but, so I've just always, I've always, like, appreciated a good mentor or someone to talk to, someone to look up, like, up to and talk to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, once, so that was, like, that was 2016, that was, so me and Jordan got all that money, we wrote these two grants, Ben helped us out and my mom helped us out get this money from the government to get like we got twenty five thousand dollars to basically go anywhere and Each? train with whoever no no twenty five thousand together oh, okay Still. yeah and then we were like and then we got we didn't think we were gonna get the money we just like put it in and it was like a off the whim we both wrote these grants and then we got it and we're like oh shit okay so we didn't to put anyone's name in we we're like bringing up we're gonna find someone and go train with them okay and then at that point it was still like we're gonna go train like we're gonna just go break all the time you know let's find someone and let's break <laughs> but then we were like once we got the money we were like okay who should we hit up who should we like go and kick it with for a couple months mm -hmm. and the first person that came to mind was why not because mm -hmm. we had like linked up a couple times and he's just a smart dude mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He seems like someone who's like on top of their shit. So we're like, okay, let's whatever. Let's reach out to him, see if he's down. We hit him up. Boom, boom, boom. We got all this money. Can we come kick it for a couple months? He's like, word. I'm doing my, at the time he was doing his master's at the uh, ASU in Arizona. So he was like, yeah, come down. You can kick it at my place, whatever. So we, yeah, we, whatever. Fast forward two, three months, me and Jordan are like going down to Phoenix. And we just, for the first like probably week or two, we just crashed in his house. <laughs> we just like took up his whole living room. And that actually, that was probably longer. No, we probably, <laughs> like we went down like, cause we got the money from the government. Mm-hmm. so we and in the in the grant we like some of the money we got was to go towards housing or like like airbnbs and stuff yeah but why not was just like dude just stay at my place save the money so we ended up just kicking it like at his place for like a month and a half until we got kicked out we got kicked out by the like the, the school or whatever because he wasn't supposed to have more people in his apartment it was him and <laughs> him and shadow so Shadow from Rocksteady also, him and Shadow had this place and they're both going to, no, no, Shadow had already graduated, but he was working out of Tempe, which is like an hour south of Phoenix. And Wynott was doing his final, his last year in his master's. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we, anyways, we just like took over his living room basically. And we all four of us kicked it for however long and then uh yeah so so during that time he was like getting ready why not was getting ready to do his thesis mm-hmm. and his thesis for his master's program was about basically the connections within hip-hop mm-hmm. so we went down okay so so here we go so we we got the money we're reaching out to someone to go break all the time and train and get really fucking good or whatever and then we hit up why not but he's on this other wave where he's just like he's like in a uh, He's just in like a, this mindset where he's like, he's like documenting connections in hip hop. And he would always like, he was like his thesis, right? connecting, like, like describing, like describing what it is. And this more specifically, it was like, like what we got from it was the, the, the through line between all four elements. Oh, okay, cool. Like the, so it's like what connects each one. And it was his whole thing is like rhythm connects all of them connects like breaking and emceeing and writing so his his whole thesis was like around that and it ended up being at this art gallery which we we ended up like we ended up that it was like perfect timing because at the end of our time that we were there it was like his presentation for his thesis we rented out this gallery and we did this whole thing he had all his pieces up and then me and jay breaked we like made this big piece or whatever but it was like this, it was this whole thing that just kind of perfectly came together where we thought it was going to be, we're just going to go train and get really good into like, we learned how to write. Like Jay was already writing a bunch, but he taught us like, we each had a black book and we had to do a piece a day. And oh. we were also breaking every day. Yeah. We were all like, we were also, we would, we'd be breaking in the halls at his, at ASU. We'd be breaking and we'd also be doing a piece a day and he'd be like schooling us on like whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was just this crazy time where we were just like getting all this information. I see it, how I see it in my head, like looking back on it, it was five months, but it was like the information I got from that and like just the way, just lit, just like being around that dude for like four or five months was like 
going to school for four years for yeah. going to art school for four years or some shit you know yeah well i don't fast track. see that as like that's like the main benefit of getting a good mentor there's someone like someone like that right because they if they're good they can they can like distill their years and years and years of experience into you and and like you said fast track you to getting further ahead than you would have if you didn't have them like people are always looking for shortcuts and stuff right that's the shortcut is it getting a good mentor one million percent yeah yeah um that's crazy so you guys learned to write did you do any djing learn learn any djing or anything there's a couple like about music because i know he's like a musician too he plays like the trumpet or something like that yeah that do you know that shit i've never seen him play no instrument i've seen like make beats or whatever but i've never seen but he could if you ever see him next time you see him ask him to do that there's this thing that like uh it's not trumpet it's some other it's not sax it might be that big trombone maybe he put whatever he can because he like played it growing up but he can do that thing where he like breathes out oh he can do that thing yeah, yeah, yeah. you can like constantly like, uh, be breathing out breathing yeah. in through your nose yeah, yeah yeah i learned about that through people playing the didgeridoo from australia <laughs> god that shit's crazy it's crazy right yeah yeah uh man that's crazy yeah so man like yeah just listening to who mentored you it's like early on you had guys like like jesse like uh jazzy jester and troy and uh then like kid david rocks right wicked like luigi luigi's Luigi. always been one of those dudes who's like of course for everyone probably yeah yeah and then yeah like why not like you guys have learned from some of the the best to ever do it right and nate and boogie brats that's like a big part of the nate nate was like a big influence that's like when i moved to toronto okay sorry no no go ahead he uh okay so so i'm just yeah just nate was like nate was definitely a huge influence in how my style is right now and like just how even just how i see breaking period because yeah okay so anyways he him and how how we met nate was through my, i don't even fucking know miles knew nate miles knew nate because that he popped with ah oh, i forget his fucking name where's the cave? have you ever heard of the cave yeah like frank frank book or whatever frank's out so so miles and frank was like miles was like one of frank's like protege like he was just like they were like, like popping together or whatever right yeah and then so i think that's how miles and nate met each other and then nick and miles met each other through through so you think you can dance is that how they met <laughs> oh, i think i think yeah. or maybe i don't know anyways nick and miles met and then we were like still young we were like 16 15, 16, 17, that's when we were like, that's when Nick was living in Toronto and he was like going to school yeah, and kicking it with, he was living with Miles at that point. Yeah. And then we were like, we were going, we were traveling to Toronto to go to like a jam or whatever, or just in the summer to just go kick it. 
or in February just to like get out, <laughs> just to get out of Yukon. Anyways, we'd find any excuse and save up a bunch of money just to go to Toronto, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, and then Nick, so Nick and Miles Ma, and Nick were living together and then Miles and Nate were probably always sessioning and then that's probably when Ma, Nate started coming to Miles' house and then all three of them started sessioning and then they started this whole wave and they break for together for like four years maybe and yeah, phil phil oh, from fam yeah. nick and phil i remember breaking together all the time yeah and then curious. anytime we would go down we would just we would just break with them yeah or whatever nice and then but yeah just then over the years nate was always like nate was nate was the drunkle man <laughs> nate was just always that dude who's always like <laughs> well, he, he was very like vocal with passing on his experiences right he's very he's very like adamant about passing on his approach i think yeah yeah that's what I mean. yeah it's yeah. a better way to put it which was like which was dope so yeah so i see like our foundation as like abstract breaking system like beginnings and then like a renegade foundation mm -hmm. and then like just a boogie brat like like <laughs> style learn and then like benzo benzo's in the mix too i can't like benzo was always at andy's yeah like andy's guys, was another like the time in toronto too like how long were you guys there living there for so nick nick's still there <laughs> yeah nick nick was probably going to toronto since he's probably been like a decade it's probably been 10 11 years now he's been there and then we live there i live there off and on kind of like I moved there and then a bunch of shit happened back home and like the studio and the, the, everything was going to, in the heart, the community center was going to close down. That's a fucking long story, but I had to come back to help basically because they lost a bunch of money okay. and like to keep the, the breaking program, which was like a hundred students, like a big part mm -hmm. going, they didn't have money. And like a bunch of the students had dropped out. There's this big thing anyway, and I had to move home. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other guys stay there so like i don't know over the past i'd say over the past 10 years we've all kind of just been like living between here and there with one year in vancouver yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> which was sick which was like nine yeah. months of craziness <laughs> be fun yeah. i remember you guys showed up to a jam with like you guys all had these kind of like not not full-on ugly sweaters but like kind of do rags and ugly sweaters. Do rags and ugly sweaters. Do rags and ugly sweaters. And we got beat by fucking DRS. <laughs> yeah. But you guys, that's what I always liked about you guys. Like, and I think that's why maybe we always click because like our crew is a bunch of clowns too and you guys are a bunch of clowns. And <laughs> we just kind of clicked on that level of like, yo, these guys are showing up in do rags and ugly sweaters. I respect them win, lose, yeah. draw, or whatever, like, I respect that. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was one of the funner jams, probably. Yeah, yeah. Every jam in Vancouver, dude, Floor Horseman, man, I could talk about Floor Horseman for days, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. That first, whatever, that first one, yeah. and the second, or what, the, like, the two, those two were, like, my favorite jams ever. Because yeah, it was a perfect, it was a perfect storyline that we had for that. Oh, dude, so <laughs> sick, so <laughs> sick. We were pulling from, from wrestling, right? And we had like, I was a yeah. NWO fan, if anybody knows NWO, I was like, 
Hulk Hogan and and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and they like created this group that's sort of like invading WCW from like another organization. So it was like these outsiders that came in and they're like taking over and stuff like that. And we kind of made this made that storyline kind of come about with like, okay, yeah, the first one it's like just a normal one and we we want to do something for the community and we have all these cool main events and whatever and it's like not rivalries but like the exciting battles that people would want to see and then at the end mm-hmm. we got you guys to record this like kind of call out video <laughs> thing of like calling out all of vancouver but you guys did it in your own way with like you guys have, like mardi gras beats and stuff <laughs> like george is playing the guitar like trolling everybody yeah yeah we had we wrote a song you guys wrote a song <laughs> pretty funny and you know people got heated over that yeah hell yeah which was good like which was perfect yeah and like that was they were like no screw that like these guys are whack who are these guys and then they found you guys were at the jam and like they were like no we're calling you out right now and they they didn't want to wait until next next whatever it was like four months later or whatever yeah yeah so like to me that was great but like there's some a little bit of like awkwardness that came out of it because some people didn't really know like how real is it or how fake is it or whatever or it looks bad like that there's something out there that people are saying this but like dude if that's a whole other rant but anyway yeah dude that's honestly that's like the perfect that's the perfect setting for breaking because of what like what is breaking breaking is not actually hard like you're not actually fighting someone yeah you know yeah. Like breaking is is like it's a show. Like that was like the perfect. Yeah. Like that's probably like WWE is probably the closest relation to breaking than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Pro wrestling, it's like man, skating and and WWE. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's a lot you can relate with skating, with um, the creative aspect, and just kind of the the mentality that a lot of people have. They're, they're very similar like you just want to create something cool and and you don't really give you don't really care about what other people think about it. it's just because you want to do it and like mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of i don't know who influenced who i think yeah maybe it's a bit of both but there's definitely a lot of them back and forth yeah. yeah like uh you know you want to break like you we don't need a studio we just go find a find a if it's smooth or even if not even if it's smooth is it flat mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it's not even if it's flat it's just like we just want to break and there's that kind of thing like you just do it whenever wherever just because you want to do it because it's fun because yeah you just want to create something you just want to get that energy out mm-hmm. and then there's that whole like yeah performance side competition like playing with the crowd kind of thing that I think, you know, in a competition setting, it's kind of weird, but that's, there's, there's like, I, I totally see that there's like a huge potential with that. If you can build up the show aspect, like you can mm-hmm. make breaking so much more watchable for like the general. There's public. definitely a, there's, oh, there's definitely a way to do it. There's yeah. definitely like a right and wrong. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And there's just like a lot of people, I just, I just don't think we figured it out yet. Like, there's definitely space for both worlds, but yeah, for sure. And I think you, you need, you need both of them. Like, yeah, if, for sure. This is one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately. 
just with like you know all the craziness that's going on in the world it's a lot of things like the protests and people like politics and this side and that side and whatever and it's kind of like talked with my dad a lot about this that you need people with all these different views because you need to kind of understand the whole picture because all of that is part of the picture and you even need the extremes like this is not just politics this is everything you need the extreme mm -hmm. of people like exploring where's the boundary so most people are kind of in the middle somewhere but that middle keeps changing around mm -hmm. like as the environment changes as whatever people change so you need people kind of exploring those edges and like where is where is the boundary and where is like what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and these kinds of things so that you can know where that middle is at the at the time mm -hmm. and especially with something like breaking where it's there's that whole artistic side to it that you can't really you can't really ignore like you need you need to always be doing something new and not like what's the word getting too comfortable and like too stagnant hell yeah i feel like you new, new is up. key yeah you need to just like always the, key. the trends and stuff mm -hmm. yeah, yeah for sure so like to me uh you know i've i always liked the way that you guys break but i think in particular now the way that you guys break is so refreshing because like you guys like everyone has sets and stuff but you guys just kind of like go off as well you really embody that spirit of like just just move and break and do it and like don't think too much you have moves that you practice and stuff like that but like just do mm -hmm. it you know and in a time now where it's like breaking is very meticulous and people practice their their moves and sets and stuff like that like um to to perfection then like yeah like people are are almost choreographing in a sense their rounds and things like that yeah, yeah which is like that's the other extreme right and so you need both and you need people exploring both sides I think that's what makes breaking so cool is it doesn't have these kind of hard boundaries of like, this is what you do. This is how you do it. There's a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like freedom of speech. If you want to relate it to, to something else. Like, Straight up. Honestly. Yeah. Actually, that's for me a really good metaphor. People are allowed to say whatever they want to say and you don't have to agree with everything, but you got to be okay with them doing it you don't like circus style but that's that's a style that exists and and it's i'm glad that it exists because it it pushes that that part of it and it yeah yeah maybe and tops you, you gotta live with them yeah. <laughs> but like you know because someone did that it maybe made someone think about something else and like oh that's an interesting idea maybe i don't want to be I don't want to build my entire style around hand hops and hand balancing and stuff like that. But the idea of going on your hand and like hopping, well, that's an interesting thing. I never really would have thought about that if I hadn't seen mm -hmm. it. Right? And then that's, I feel like that's like the, that's, that's what I still like, like the whole idea of like, <clears throat> yeah, you can take something as lame as a, 
hand hop, even though like before hand hops, when someone did a hand hop, that was probably like mind blowing, right? Yeah. But then it is like at this point, it's a super basic and it just like looks, well, to me, this is all personal, but like it looks corny, but yeah. you can like, you can obviously can always evolve that. You can always take something from it, even though like there's an aspect of it mm-hmm. that you can, there's always like an aspect of like any movie you can take from, right? And just mm-hmm. keep flipping and evolving. So I'd say like, yeah, probably same for you, but yeah, that's that's why I still like breaking today because it's always new or it's always like you can always keep flipping and stuff until it gets yeah. harder and harder or like weirder and weirder. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, um, I don't know. I think a lot of people who are sort of creatives at heart, whether it's in anything really, they just like doing new things and like seeing new ways of of looking at something or approaching something and it doesn't really matter like i was listening to this one thing about like artists and the role of artists well not the role like it got onto that topic of like kind of what do you call them like creative creative minded open-minded kind of people that gravitate more towards like changing things and doing things different and looking at things in a different way thinking laterally and this stuff kind of stuff versus the more kind of say like conservative mindset and keep things more orderly in the way that they're keep stay the course kind of thing like it's not broke don't fix it sort of sort of way and that whole like spectrum of whatever and the role that you need you need all of it and you need people who are like that that can like run say businesses or or define rules of say if we're talking about dance like okay well where does that line end of where it's breaking and then it becomes something else or whatever you need people to kind of Mm -hmm. create those zones but then you need people to explore them too and and push them and challenge them and all these things and you know Mm -hmm. need all of it Mm -hmm. yeah it's about balance man yeah everything yeah um that just made me think one thing well i i wanted to ask you before like you were talking a bit about your style what defines your style and stuff through all these people that you've learned from i want to i'm curious to know like how do you even perceive your your style your way of creating this kind of stuff like what is it to you or is it anything (laughs) It's fucking, nah, man, it's, it's everything. <laughs> I mean, wait, so what's the question? <laughs> what is it? What's the like, question? What's the question? On a very basic level, the question is like, what, how do you define like your style, the way you move, your inspirations, that kind of thing? And then just, yeah, just go from there. That's the easier way to do things. I don't know how to define it. I mean, I could maybe talk about like like what makes it what it is to you that's always a hard question for people that <laughs> yeah. I think people sometimes people don't think about their crazy. Own, no. what they're doing right but as something like for me I can watch you and think oh yeah like hey this is this kind of thing is going on or this or this or this and like Maybe some people will see that about me too, but I wouldn't notice it necessarily. Cause it's just like, oh yeah, just do it. Something like that. Okay, so kind of like my approach to breaking? Yeah, maybe, yeah. 
so I guess okay so like practicing or whatever mm-hmm. so if you're like like just day to day just breaking mm-hmm. which is like which is practicing you're like you're coming up with these you're so how okay so how we how I cipher or how I practice is just at this point like at first it was lots of like training because that because Roche was like an Olympic gymnast right yeah so he 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 put us through like like a like like this three-year ringer where he just like trained us super hard like gymnastic style you know like just like handstand like classic like just really like yeah, a really formatted approach to like getting good at break dancing you know <laughs> and to get strong and like do flips or whatever yeah but then actually like then like meeting like glizai or like jesse and these dudes you learn about ciphering so then like that kind of took over so you still have like we still i still had like that whole training mentality from roche mm-hmm. but then but like obviously ciphering and just way more fun <laughs> see that you, you end up doing that more right yeah so this like today i'm not doing too much training um but you're like, training in a different way now i guess right yeah i mean so it's like so how i break would be it's like it's always a cipher you're going one at a time and then sometimes it's like it it also also like totally depends on the music like if the music is hitting then you're just kind of going off but if the music is like kind of whatever you're not feeling it you're more like for me i'm like more focused on moves if i'm not listening like this crate like there's music going like like there's music playing but i'm not really focusing on it if i don't if it doesn't like affect me right it doesn't like actually make me want to like go off or whatever yeah. i'm just more thinking about like moves and trying to like i'm trying to like get these moves down right so and then so that kind of like I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> just like, I guess that just like, really so that's, so, okay, so I'm not, okay, so if, if someone was like watching my breaking and they just like, it doesn't really make sense to them and it just totally looks like I'm just going off and doing and freestyling, it's actually all this time put into like running these moves like over and over and over again. Okay, here's perfect. I remember David was the first person. David was the first person like when he came up for that month or whatever who was like, you need to, every move you have, you need to like solidify what moves you have, like understand that you have different moves and then like solidify those moves and then practice those moves until you can do them nine times out of 10 perfectly. So you have like all these little like combos or like, yeah, we were, I was never into like sets or like we were never really into sets, but like it was more like little combos or like moves that you just like get really good at yeah and then and then and then once the music starts playing and you're like fucking with it you just kind of like let your you just let your body do whatever it's gonna do and then like you've done those moves so many times that if you're like if you're like already just like not thinking too hard and dancing to some music like Mm -hmm. those moves are gonna come out yeah yeah natural yeah it's just gonna be more natural rather than like okay so rather than like practicing sets practicing like specifically 13 sets for like this for like a jam and then like running those sets through the whole jam which is like a different mind a different way to approach it i guess but yeah it's just different it's like it's like the same because you're practicing those things really hard but Mm -hmm. different in the fact that like instead of like practicing something so hard you're gonna 
and do it exactly that way when it comes to time rather than just like you practice them so hard so like you put in the work now it's time to like chill once the times once the jam was happening or like battle or whatever you don't think it's think about it too hard yeah. just like let yourself do whatever you're gonna do and then everything will just come out because like muscle, yeah. muscle memory right yeah. it'll just like yeah and i feel like yeah i guess i'll also like explain that well that, that makes a lot of sense yeah that's a lot of um yeah what i've kind of been thinking about over the past little while because i was i wasn't like that oh, i was but i was maybe more on that like create sets and have a plan and it was really hard for me to like let go but over the last like, couple years or so it really became clear of like exactly what you said like you practice these things so much that you don't have to think about them so that they just mm -hmm. come up and like especially taking so i've been learning from bounce recently and a big part of his like philosophy is like that just train 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 these these patterns and movements and stuff so that you can start to like recognize situations and positions and stuff so like you do a hook you because you've practiced a billion different ways of getting out of that hook like when you do a hook like you don't have to think oh, where oh, i got to do this and then that and then that it's like you just get into that position and you have a million different possibilities and you just pick one and you because they're all so internalized like you just go in this other thing and then you'll end up in some other position like you know like a chair or something like that because you have all these different ways or you just have an idea like i want to get into a chair and you've practiced so many different ways of where the end movement or whatever position is a chair or whatever it is like yeah so it's that kind of it's that crazy balance of like really orderly kind of stuff like training to allow you to to manage the like chaoticness of breaking where it's like you don't know what the song Which is, is the best part <laughs> is the best part right and i think that's one of the things that makes it so interesting too it's like it's that balance right of mm. and so tafaya really i don't know if he meant to do this or not like this is how i've always interpreted it now like he has this workshop called coping mechanisms and it's like you know you you create coping mechanisms for the situation that is breaking right that's how he put it and the way that i've kind of conceived that and just over the years like my own kind of studies of the dance studies is that exact thing like you train your body to do to recognize these things to recognize these positions, recognize these patterns, um, so that when those situations come up, you don't have to think about it. Or you're not, you're not reacting in like a, it doesn't surprise you. So you can think through, you can think through it logically. You're, you have like mental capacity. You're, it's freed up to actually pay attention to these things rather than like, how do I do this move? Or thinking so technical, yeah, 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 that kind of thing, like, mm -hmm. yeah, and like to me, that's been the most fun thing now is like not even necessarily creating new movements, although I still do that from time to time, but it's like diving deep into like what makes this fun, or like mm -hmm. what 
what is freestyle, what is creating and stuff like that and trying to really understand like what that is and understand mm -hmm. my own mind and how I think and like, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember, I remember we used to, we used to say like, <laughs> we used to compare breaking to wow. <laughs> you know, like how in wow, in wow, you, you like start out at level one, then you level up to 100. You takes like fucking like months of like grinding yeah, and yeah. like just like killing wild boars whatever. <laughs> and like you grind, you grind to get to level 100 or whatever it is, like level 90. And then it's like the actual game starts when you get to level 90 because you, yeah. you know all these things. And then, yeah, you, yeah. and then once you hit that, once you like understand how everything works, that's when you get to start playing with shit. And like, yeah. that's, that's like the fun part of whatever. Yeah. Well, like that's, that's one thing that <clears throat> I've been talking with my dad too about my dad's a Buddhist and stuff. Right. So we talk a bit about that kind of thing. Like, like a big thing in Buddhism is a rebirth, death and rebirth and that kind of thing. Cycles of rebirth. And, um, and I realized like, well, okay, maybe some people believe that when you die, you literally are reborn, that kind of thing. But there's also the idea of like death and rebirth happening within your lifetime that you, what do you call it? Like psychologically die the way that you thought about the world or the way that you perceived whatever you're looking at, like fundamentally got sh like shaken to the ground, like to its core the way that you thought it was was like shattered and now you can never see it that way again. And it's this new way of seeing it. And like, I think video games are a great way to look at stuff of like, you're literally leveling up throughout your whole life. Oh, yeah. You're learning all these new things and like going to these new places, new situations, new kind of adventures or whatever. It's just our game is like, okay, I got to yeah, think about um, bank account and the savings account. <laughs> yeah. This thing is just way like, less fun. Way less fun, right? But it's, you know, <laughs> we can still have a lot of fun. Like, yeah, it, it's all it, that it's kind of stuff. Like, um, seeing these new, you know, you've reached this, this, what do you call it? Like benchmark, not benchmark landmark level i reached level 40 and now i can get a, a mount or something like that it's like oh i can drive and then this whole new world of like i have a car now i can travel i can or i can go somewhere and like explore more than if i was that didn't have that and then it's like you know you get a you start a family or you you let's say you you get into breaking you get into something and then you discover this community and there's this whole new world that you didn't know existed and now you can go and discover that. Just like if you go to like, you get reach level 40 and then you go to Stranglethorn Vale and like, whoa, man, there's this whole jungle and there's trolls everywhere. And like, I don't know how these, these guys are like doing stuff and they're doing new things. And I gotta, I gotta change the way that I've like, I don't know. This is a, I could go on a rant Dab. about game design and stuff. <laughs> you know, seriously, good game design will make you not think about learning they'd like teach you through doing it which is the best way to learn anything yeah, yeah which is and it's kind of like the game is your mentor like a good mentor will do that for you yeah like yeah they'll they'll do things or they'll get you to 
go into situations where you're learning something, but you're learning, you're like doing it with some kind of prior knowledge a bit of like some, you have some idea of like kind of what, what's going on and, and, and oh, okay. Like, so this is what a real cipher is. I heard a lot about it and I kind of had these ideas, but now I kind of get it. And like, if you had never heard about it, you might've been like completely overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, like, do I go in? Like, what, what do I do? What happens? Like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like good <laughs> jumping back and forth between ideas. <laughs> Yeah, like a good game. We'll do that. Yeah, hell we yeah. Teach you, and you don't even know that you're learning. And it's just, it's fun. Nah. You know? Yeah. Banjo and Kazooie, man. Once you learn how to run with the duck on their back, it's it's a yeah. wrap. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You level up, you you discover <laughs> new abilities, new abilities get locked, unlocked. It's the same thing in life or any anything that you're doing like i don't know maybe there's some deep down thing in humans that we fundamentally just like games and we we've created like this whole system is like one giant game in a way a lot of ways and it's just like do you know how to play it that's all <laughs> i think i think i think we're just addicted to challenges and just yeah which is which is really humans are, you know <laughs> challenges overcoming challenges yeah yo there's a there's a book that I really want to read and it's like, it's kind of about this and it's, it's called the hero, a hero of a thousand faces by Joseph Campbell. And it's the book, I think it's the book, or at least the ideas that star Wars is based off of the original star Wars. And it's basically saying there's this hero myth that exists all over the world and you'll see it everywhere. And there'll be different stories, but they, they relate to it. Like it's the same story being told through all these different cultures, through all like time. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, so, G- like, it's like Jesus. It's like, like Jesus would be, be one of them. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's anything where there's a call to adventure, you know, you, for whatever reason, you're, you're in your safe place or whatever, but whatever reason there's some thing that's calling you to like leave that safety and go out and like and and go on this adventure and Mm -hmm. through that adventure you 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 face lots of trials and tribulations and this kind of stuff but you grow and you you come back like stronger braver more prepared for anything else that might come or something like that dude i need a new book i need a book to read yeah yeah my last book i i tried to read sapiens just recently and i like i'm just i'm really shitty i'm really bad at reading like it, it like it's, it takes me a really t- long time to read books like i was yeah <laughs> i just sucked i just suck at reading i just can't focus or whatever yeah and was- it's just hard for me to like focus on a book so I, and i i had the last book i read was quests um the the book he came out about he came out with uh about inspiration Mm. you you know about that book no quests so quest love quest love his last he's he's come out with a couple books he has like a a autobiography and a couple other books but his most recent one that al gave me it's about like 
inspiration cool. and finding inspiration and how to get like basically his approach towards inspiration. Yeah. Which is dope. It's a sick book, but yeah. Cool. It took me a really long time to read. <laughs> but it was yeah. Good. And but now I need a new book. It's the same thing too though. Like, you know, reading is a skill. Like the the best advice that I heard about reading was like, you know, there isn't every like successful person, every like person who's done anything, they definitely read and they probably read a lot or most of them do and so reading is a well, really useful skill because mm -hmm. it's fat you it's faster than like listening to stuff too if you get good at it but the thing that he said was you know read read what you like to read read whatever you want to read it doesn't have to be like mm -hmm. i want to learn something new just read anything and just read it because it's interesting and you're building that habit of enjoying reading and mm -hmm. eventually you get to the point where you're like you just get good at reading and then maybe this thing is kind of boring now or you just want to read something new and so you like i don't know you pick up a some like science book or something like that stuff something that you maybe were never interested in before but it's suddenly you you just like reading now mm -hmm. and it'll be easier to do it because like it's the act of reading that's fun for you, not necessarily the content, mm -hmm. but then the content might, because you're, you're getting better at it. It's like this kind of positive feedback loop of like, you know, you just, because you enjoy it, it makes you read faster and you understand. Because things you enjoy it. Yeah. And then you can, I think there's, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There's, there's like a big, there's definitely has to be like, <laughs> I've been having conversations with my friend Mel about <laughs> like jokingly just being like okay this is the time to bring down the school system you know <laughs> like through all this shit <laughs> but <laughs> why well, i just thought of that is because it's like <laughs> the school system is built on like this this like format that was like like this is what you're gonna learn this is how you have to learn it yeah but the best way to learn something is through like is like individually each person has to like they can learn the same thing but through different like by, by learning different things like by learning whatever they're interested in yeah yeah for sure and like you know i i there's something this something to some benefit i think to like very structured learning and kind of forcing people to learn certain things to an extent yeah, oh no for sure an for sure for sure but yeah definitely like i don't know how it is now but the way I learned and like, just from what I've heard, like the, the traditional school system is based on like training factory workers. Yeah. So oh yeah. yeah this yeah. is what you do. About it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's changed over the years and it's slow or it's slowly changing. Um, you know, there's more like group work and discussions and things like that. And people are learning all kinds of different new subjects and stuff like that, like computer science. It never was really around when I was, or it was like just starting. You know, I learned yeah. a bit about like building a website or something like that, but yeah. that wasn't like a main part. I feel like now it's probably a huge part of schools. Yeah. So potentially. Well, there's definitely, I know at the college here, well, actually it's a university now, UConn University. <laughs> it's still, the, it's still a college. It's still the same building. <laughs> they just want to charge people more money. Anyways, they, uh, they've been they have this program called the wine tech program where it's like a teaching 
you can go do it for four years and you get your teacher certificate so you can teach in schools. Mm-hmm. But since 2017, they've been introducing this new way of teaching, which is each teacher gets to teach whatever they want as long as like the kids learn specific skills, right? But like the information that they tell them can be whatever they want. Yeah. Which is which is not like it's in the it's going in the right direction, but it's still not right. Like, what if you get someone who's super like has these like morals that like they want to like teach these kids, right? So they could be teaching them whatever they want. But I mean, I'm just trying to say there's like there's there's definitely like school systems that are like trying new ways to teach and yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's one of the cool things about the time that we're in right now is like we're in. Well, maybe we're always in a state of like change. It's just how quickly is it going or do we recognize what's going on or something like that. And so I think especially with the internet, a lot of people are realizing it created this massive shift in how we consume information and how we provide information. So like, now you can listen to all kinds of lectures from all kinds of people and that's good and bad mm-hmm. um, but like you can listen to say harvard professors do lectures on whatever they're interested in and like you can go on youtube and just be like yeah i want to learn about um i don't know like cuisine and like how to cook fancy like french traditional french cuisine or something like that you can go there and there's someone teaching you something or if you keep looking like that's the problem now is that because everyone has access to everything like you get access to everything so you got to like weed through all that Mm -hmm. garbage and but at the same time like if that garbage gets someone started on a path of learning and discovery and fun and their and meaning and purpose in their life like you can't say that that thing is bad it's the same thing with breaking like you know you might hate on this person who's doing who's just doing backflips and windmills and whatever and like yeah that's not great but if it's get if it gets someone into it and interested mm-hmm. and then they discover this other stuff like ideally you want to get them there in the first like to that point you want to expose them to that in the first place rather than have them go in this roundabout way. But like, mm-hmm. it's like, however people discover it, they discover it. So yeah. basically, basically what you're saying is gateway drugs are okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give <laughs> people more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll end it there. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's, that's a good point. We're starting to get just like, on the <laughs> topics and stuff but yeah we'll 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 cut it there we'll continue talking a bit after this but yeah thanks riley for sharing your perspective on things and uh, your little your your story and a bit about white horse and um there's some other stuff maybe we'll we'll have you back on sometime in the future and there's some other things that now I'm thinking about it. I wish we had talked about, but it's getting kind of long now. So <laughs> we'll cut it. Mm. Yeah, sure. but, yeah. No, we should do Okay. So Nick and Nick and Nick and TG are coming up on the 25th. We should do it. We should do another one. We could do one with all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. People. Hilarious. That one. Yeah, later on, mm. we'll do 
We'll do a whole GWS or as many GW, GWS people as we can get. Mm -hmm. These guys are real characters, like in a really good way. They got a lot of interesting ways of thinking about stuff and, and approaching things. And there's this, there's just a lot of cool stuff that's come out of Whitehorse and like your from your your group, like your community and stuff. There's a lot of cool things you guys are doing with the community up there. So maybe we'll do a little follow up on with the rest of you guys and talk about more like what's going on there and yeah growing up in the con growing up in the con <laughs> maybe stuff like um you know building a community or getting you know keeping your motivation up when there's such a small community or you isolated and things like that maybe we'll talk about that next mm -hmm. time yeah yeah down, down whatever all your perspectives and stuff Maybe Nick's doesn't matter because he lives in Toronto, so who cares what he thinks? Yeah, he's out, he's on Pluto. He's he's doing his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but actually, I wanted to ask him about like training and stuff like that. Yeah, no, he's a he's a genius for sure in that yeah, in that realm. Yeah. Anyway, look forward to that. We'll get to that sometime later on. So thanks again, Riley, for sharing your oh, yeah. uh, taking the time out of your day. All right, peace, everybody. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash RazzyF2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening, and look forward to the next one. Peace. Peace.